right, you guys, well, I'm excited today to spend a few moments with you going into part five. Someone say part five in our Thrive experience. And if you're tuning in right now, just for do me a favor, drop into the comments where you're watching from, okay? As we launch this series out, Thrive, it's been amazing. And we really believe this is a, a right now word, that this, this process we've been in, through this series over the now week number five is changing people's lives. The testimonies that are coming in, the encouragement that's coming in is just amazing. Of course, once again, with the Thrive series, we also had running alongside of it, the Abundant Life Challenge. So Thrive series is here in our main service. The Abundant Life Challenge is really an exercise in five waves uh, found in the Gen 1 community Facebook group. So you can go grab that. So share out this message for the Thrive Series. Join the Gen 1 community group. Walk these breakthroughs out with us. It's going to be amazing. So hey, just put in the comments. We'd love to know what city you're uh, listening from. Put what state you're watching from, what country you're watching from. We would love to connect with you and know where our Gen 1 community is connecting and from all over the world. And so uh, excited for our healing rooms this week. We got great reports coming in and uh, we're getting some doctor verified testimonies in right now. You guys that are, are going to just blow your minds away. Some of the coolest testimonies uh, that you could, you, you're going to be hearing right now. So be tuning in for those excited for what the Lord is doing indeed. All right. Well, I want to jump into this Thrive Series part Five is what I want to do with you today. And I want to just, of course, start with John 10, 10. John 10, 10 is really where this is all started. And it says, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Come on. Someone say more abundantly. More abundantly. Come on. We need life and life more abundantly. I think our theology needs to be simple. Good God, devil, bad. You know, and when when things and pressures are coming to us, when things are coming against us, that is the enemy looking to steal, kill, and destroy. And God is the giver of good things. And so when God is in motion, which he's always in motion because grace is never passive, it's always active, we know that God is moving to bring the abundant life. Now, if you've been following along in this series, you know this is not some get-rich-quick conversation. Actually, the abundant life isn't about money. It includes money, but it isn't about money. And so one of the weaknesses in the narrative around the conversation of abundance in the kingdom of God historically by the church has been that we think it's all about money or that we think it's this, you know, get rich quick, you know, blab it, grab it, name it, claim it, fill up our pockets just from talking. And and uh, and it's just like, you know, we think God's just going to fill up our bank accounts out of thin air. Um, for all of us, you know, and we're going to all get millions of dollars. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. We're actually talking about having faith for God to provide for us, which he does want to do in moments. We did just make this declaration about checks in the mail. You know, sometimes it's great to get that check in the mail, but that's actually not the sustainable way that God wants to show heaven on earth. God doesn't just want to do something for us. God wants to do something through us. I say, God doesn't want to just do something for you. God wants to do something through you. And so there's a real shift that's happening in the body of Christ right now for us to realize that the abundant life isn't about what God wants to do for me. It's about what God wants to do 
through me. And so, of course, the love of money is a problem. You know, in the book of uh, Luke chapter 7, it says, where your heart is, your, your treasure is also. And so God, number one we've been going after is that God is all about the heart. The keys to abundant living, number one, is that God is all about the heart. Number two, it's been about that giving is not about getting. Number three has been all about um, getting rid of the love of money and understanding how to rule over money and not let money rule you. I Number three, I rule money. Money doesn't rule me. Number four has been that uh, we are living above debt. And then number five today, I'm going to spend time with you, is that we are able to do well by doing good. We're able to do well by doing good. Now, let's just quickly look at abundance and the word life. I want to reframe this definition here with you. And, you know, and so this idea of abundance, it speaks into overflow. This idea of abundance is beyond measure. And I love how it says, you know, it's exceeding some number, measure, rank, or need. You know, abundance is about a measurement. And this measurement is needed in our life, which means anything that is alive. Let's look at life. The state of one who is possessed of vitality of the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. What we know out of this is that the abundant excuse me, the abundant life isn't about money. It's actually about fullness. And it's understanding each part of who I am that I would be able to really live out the fullness of God in every place of my life. Now, we've been talking about five different areas that God wants to bring this fullness. And we've been going after it in the Abundant Life Challenge. And of course, this is how it impacts you spiritually, how it impacts your mindset, how it impacts your relationships, how it impacts your culture, how it impacts, of course, even your finances. And so there are multiple realms or multiple economies of abundance in our life that we are stewarding at any given moment. And we are needing to understand how to elevate those things because everything in the kingdom of God is meant to grow. Now, what we know is that if you take a seed and you put it in the ground and it doesn't sprout, that seed was not a success. <laughs> that seed did not fulfill its potential. How does it fulfill its potential? Well, it's by sprouting out of the ground and yielding a fruit. There needs to be fruit in our lives. And this idea of the abundant life is the type of fruit or the volume of fruit that comes from every aspect of our life, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, um, socially, um, culturally, physically. We are operating in all these different economies in our life and needing to steward them according to the principles of God. And so I'm excited today to spend time with you talking about step number five, which is all about abundance and how we do well by doing good. So let's just review this one more time. Step number one, it's all about the heart. Step number two, we don't give to get. Step number three is that we rule money. Money doesn't rule us. Step number four is that we weren't meant to be in debt. We were meant to lend. And step number five today is we get to do well by doing good. And so let's just look at the book of Luke chapter six, 
Luke chapter 6. This is verse 27 through 36. It says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Um, to one who strikes you in the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Um, give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. It goes on in verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? <laughs> Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. I tell you what, this is a radical passage of scripture. Luke chapter six is radical. I mean, this is not the common stuff that we all talk about. And I really believe for us to walk in the abundant life that we need this key. And this key is that I'm able to do well by doing good. Now, let's just think about the opposite of this, which is really the confrontation mindset that's here is that I can only do well by choosing myself over other people. You know, many people want to climb the corporate ladder. Many people want to step on the toes and the hands and the shoulders and the necks and the heads of those below them or around them to try to advance themselves. And, you know, people are starting to get disruptive right now in the culture. People are upset. And, and of course, there can be justifications for that. And there's justifications on the other side of concern. And, and when is this thing over with? And what's the real data? Who's actually in charge here? <laughs> there's a lot going on in the world right now. But I, this is not a time for us to believe that I'm able to prosper only if I'm willing to fend for myself. You know, there's a survival mentality or an orphan mindset, if you will, that comes in isolation where we begin to believe that it's, it's survival of the fittest. And I tell you what, there is nothing in the kingdom of God that is about survival. God did not call you to survive. He's called you to thrive. And to thrive, we need these keys to abundant living. And today it is that we get to do well by doing good. Many people want to do well by lying at work. Many people want to do well by keeping certain things a secret and not inviting certain people into it. Other people want to do well by, you know, cutting off their competition. And other people want to do well by all kinds of different strategies. And it but it takes courage in the kingdom of God to believe that I can do well simply by doing good. You know, I, I think there's been a real change in business that's been happening. I begin to share about this you know, back in 2012 and as we launched our church and launched Gen 1 Community, you know, we've been saying we believe that, you know, there's a new way of doing business. And what would it look like for us to begin to promote others people's, uh, other people's business that may even seem to be in competition with us? What does it look to add value and to elevate other people and, and to really believe that we can all advance 
at the same time. Now, you know, this is not some weird, you know, socialistic commune living type of a thought process. But I tell you what, there's something powerful about a family government that says we all get to advance. There's something powerful about legacy that says you're going to get something you don't deserve. You know, when institutions try to do this, it can turn into entitlements and it can get really unhealthy because there aren't hearts connected to the process. But when there's a family in play and when there's legacy in play, when there's a government of heaven that looks like a mother and a father leading forward, I tell you what, we can begin to be a blessing to those like we've never seen before and really shift the culture of how we live and how we think we can advance ourselves in the abundant life without actually stepping on the people around us, but bringing everyone forward up with us. You know, I was super ambitious, you know, back as we launched our church and I was saying, hey, you know, one of my dreams is to see everyone else's dreams come true. And I tell you what, that's an ambitious goal right there. You know, if you're leading a community or you run a business and you have employees or you're just thinking about your family or your neighborhood, it's a lofty idea to say, hey, this group of people, I want to see all their dreams come true. What I quickly found out is that you need money to do it. <laughs> so I was so excited. I'm attracting relationships and people are coming close and Drew, let's build, let's go, let's do this thing. And what I found out is that people were more excited about me doing something for them than for us doing something together. You know, and so there needed to be a process for hearts to be connected so that it could happen through the process of family and not just happen through the process of handouts. Handouts aren't sustainable. But what we do know is that in the kingdom of God, we are over we are able to overcome injustice by doing good. We are over to, we are able to overcome oppression by doing good. We're able to overcome very difficult and evil situations by doing good and ultimately we should do well by doing that good. And so, you know, I, I think there's a, a radical paraphrase here and and verse 35 of chapter 6 and I'm going to go down, I'm going to break all these verses down because I believe there are nine keys that we're going to get into of doing well by doing good. But the paraphrase in verse 35, it says, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil being merciful even as your father is merciful. Be kind to the evil, be kind to the ungrateful, and show mercy as your father shows mercy. I tell you what, if there's ever a time that we need some of these principles, it's right now. Come on. If you're living in the state of Michigan, it's hard not to want to drive up to Lansing and say, hello, what's going on around here? <laughs> We'd like a little bit of information. What's the process of how we're making these decisions? Why isn't everyone getting along? Why is there separation from our leadership and our legislature? There's lots of questions going on right now, and it could be very easy to want to try to label who's evil and who's ungrateful and who needs judgment. And I tell you what, this is not a time to be casting those labels. It's actually time to be kind to those who've already been labeled evil. It's actually time to be kind to those who are ungrateful. It's time to show mercy as our father shows mercy. 
It's a radical time to be alive. There's no roadmap for what's going on right now. It's not an easy time, that's for sure, because we don't really know where stable ground is. We don't know if COVID's coming back. We don't know if how real COVID is. We don't know how many deaths were here. We don't know. We, there's lots we don't know. What we do know is that there's something that's impacting people's lives, whether it's physically, for sure, economically. And so we have to navigate this with a soft heart, not with a hard heart. Now, once again, I'm not saying there's not a time to confront and that there's not a time to hold people accountable. There are those things and that is necessary. But I tell you what, there's a lot more victims uh, out right now who've been impacted, whether economically or physically, than there are people to be holding accountable. And so while we hold accountability, we should be looking at the masses of people that are in pain, that are stressed out, that are uh, being oppressed, that are being depressed, whatever their situation is, there is an injustice that's happening that we as the body of Christ need to be mindful of. If there's ever a time to lend, it's right now. Is right now the perfect time to yield return on your lending? Probably not. <laughs> but there's some interesting principles here that I want to review with you. And I want to go into this because I have nine keys that I believe are essential for us walking in this idea of doing well by doing good. And so let's just bring this up. We have nine of these right now. You can go ahead and go full screen here real quick. There are nine keys to doing well by doing good. And number one is radical. It's love your enemies. Number two, do good to those who hate you. Number three, bless those who curse you. Number four, pray for those who abuse you. Number five, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. From one who takes away uh, uh, your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Number seven, give to everyone who begs from you. Number eight, from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And number nine, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is a radical time to be alive. This is a crazy time where we have to be focused on what it means to actually demonstrate the kingdom and not just be living in offense, not just living in frustration, not just living in anger, not living in, in, in the tension of what we can't control right now. What you can control is you. What you can control is your heart. What you can control is your emotions. What you can control is how you treat your neighbor. And this is the essential piece of the kingdom. And I've just said the word essential twice here because I used to say this word all the time. And now I hate this word because we're saying it because of COVID. I put a post out if you saw it, I'm talking about it and I'm becoming you know, uh, self-conscious as I use the word. And so, but it is a primary objective for us to want to be people who demonstrate the kingdom of God in this time and not just be distracted by what's going on. These are powerful choices to make. So number one, love your enemies. This is radical stuff. You cannot get breakthrough in the abundant life unless you're willing to love your enemies. And this is a little bit difficult for us, you know, to understand sometimes because of the justice side of who we are. And, you know, but I've been saying for a long time, you know, that Jesus in his parables and what he did, you know, he was willing to love his enemies. And, you know, there was a, a very separated group of people called the Samaritans. And, and Luke, once again, he's a, he's a social justice uh, minded individual. And as a writer in his book, 
you find that he has certain sympathies towards different people groups. And the Samaritans were one of them. And Luke found it important and, and, and a priority to communicate Jesus's heart towards the Samaritans. The Samaritans were an oppressed people. They were outsiders. Uh, they were uh, really just left alone in their own economy. They were northerners. They weren't really involved in the heart of Jerusalem. They had actually declared their own mountain to worship on, and it was highly controversial. And they were considered, many of them were considered half-breeds and of lower value. And I tell you what, there's plenty of people today that right now are not dignified with value in the world. And 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 so it's very easy to demonize people who we think are, are against us. You know, if you're living in California, you're living in New York, you're living in, in Michigan right now, if you're living in some of these states that are caught up, not just in the challenge of COVID, but the political tensions that are happening, it's, it's hard not to feel like you're being held hostage to an additional agenda besides the real effects of COVID-19. And it's easy to demonize these people. It's easy to want to say who's our enemy and who's not. And and if you wear a mask, you're an enemy. Or if you don't wear a mask, you're an enemy. And there's all these things going on. We need to make the decision that we can live in the abundant life. And number one, if we're going to do well by doing good, it's going to come because we're willing to love our enemies. Do good. Number two, do good to those who hate you. You know, some of you guys right now, you know, just got off of a off of some comments and people weren't being very nice. And the next thing you scrolled to was this message right here. <laughs> you know, it's just so easy to, to be brave behind a keyboard. It's so easy to have an opinion behind the screen. Right now, we need to be uh, present with our love. We need to do good to those who hate us. We need to do good to those who thought we opened too early. We need to do good to those who thought we, we didn't open uh, soon enough. We need to do good to those who have rhetoric and opinions about us. You know what? There's a time and a place um, like right now, like never before, where the love of God, the goodness of God is needed. And once again, this is a breakthrough key for living abundantly. Isn't it interesting how the enemy wants us to be distracted by these situations so that we will reject the abundant life? The kingdom of God is not normal. You know, some of you guys are listening to me and saying, Drew, this is crazy stuff. This just sounds good. This is just a nice thing to read. No, you actually need to make a decision. Are you going to live according to the principles of the kingdom or are you going to live under your own rules? You know, when you live in the kingdom of God, you are living under the decree of the kingdom or of the king. The kingdom is a realm or a domain where the rule of a king is exercised. And we live in the kingdom of God, which means we live according to the king's decree. We live according to the king's rule. You know, many people have, you know, thoughts about the supernatural and and they want to be like, well, I don't know if God still does miracles. I don't know if we're supposed to believe for that. Or that might have died under the apostles or cessationism and things of that nature. But I want to tell you this. A, a gospel without the supernatural is a powerless gospel. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus said that sickness has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Jesus is the king. And the decree of the king is that sickness bows its knee. And we are here establishing the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. 
which means if we live in the kingdom, we live according to the king's rule. These nine things that I'm reading to you and encouraging you in are also decrees of the king. And which means this is how you live in the kingdom of God. Number one, you love your enemies. Number two, you do good to those who hate you. Number three, you bless those who curse you. Come on, this is radical stuff. You bless those who curse you. You know, there's interesting things happening. People driving past others who don't think they're behaving according to the rules. And all these vigilantes are showing up and blasting out absurdities and honking their horn because you didn't wear a mask on the sidewalk and you weren't around anybody. I mean, crazy times are going on out there. What do we do in that moment? Do we bless those who curse you? You know, think about the road rage moments where someone's t- you know t- on our tail end or cutting us off and it's just so easy to yell out that thing to give a california hello beep beep rah, rah, you know and we have to make a decision will we bless those who curse us or will we allow them to hold our our abundant life hostage we have powerful choices to make number 4 pray for those who abuse you. Once again, Jesus in his, in his call to the, um, uh, and the good Samaritan, you know, if we were, if we were to revisit this story and we're to retell it in modern times, it would basically be like this. There was someone who was beaten and robbed on the side of the road. And then Brian Houston came along and stepped over him and then walked on his way. And then Bill Johnson showed up and stepped over him and walked on his way. And then the ISIS member showed up pick them up and help them get restored. (laughs) You want to talk about a polarizing story. The Good Samaritan is a radical story. It was so radical that Jesus de-elevated the kind of religious leaders of the day and elevated someone that we thought was less valuable, someone who was against us, someone we thought was a predator, someone we thought that was, you know, really raging against the system, which is what people thought the Samaritans were doing. And here is Jesus saying, I believe the Samaritan has value. Of course, we can talk about just the idea of being generous to our neighbor. But Jesus was actually confronting a political mindset at that time that one of these 13 major people groups called the Samaritans that most of the people thought were out. They were outsiders. They didn't have value. Jesus was saying they have value. They have something to offer. And I tell you what, number four, pray for those who abuse you. This is a powerful choice for us to make about what abundant life looks like. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek as well. Number five, once again, this is radical stuff. Number six, from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your uh, uh, your tunic either. You know, this is about, you know, the idea that when someone takes your extra, that then you hyper protect what you have. But I tell you what, if they're desperate enough to want to steal your cloak, they probably need your tunic more than you do as well. There's something beautiful about these extreme moments where Jesus was bringing us into this moment to think differently, to think differently. The abundant life requires you to think differently. It requires you to go above and beyond what's comfortable and to uh, and to embrace the reality of what living in the kingdom really looks like. Give to everyone who begs from you. You know, there's, you know, we can always feel inconvenienced by those who are in need, especially if they are literally homeless and maybe they're begging with a sign and a cup and, you know, a container or whatever's going on. You know, I always try, if I have money, I give it away. 
Every time I've got cash on me, I give it away because when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it under the Lord. It doesn't matter if they go buy booze with it. It doesn't matter if they go. You are sowing into the kingdom of God when you've given into the least of these. And so there's something powerful about making yourself available and, and really helping people out that are really in need. Number eight, from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. This is powerful. When you're stolen from, it's so easy to be like, hey, you got to give me that back. And these times, I'll tell you what, if we hit economic times like we think we're feeling right now, businesses closing, restaurants closing, people are starting to shut down. You know, many people don't have more than a three month window to sustain their business without real income. And I, we're going to see just a wave of businesses shutting down. Unemployment is here for an extended amount of time because of the choices we've made as a government to walk the situation out. And so, you know, there's going to be people who are desperate. There's going to be people who, you know, when they're walking past your house, just stroll into your garage randomly. <laughs> there's going to be people who do different things in desperation. And we have to understand how to deal with these people so that we can keep our heart centered and our mindset centered in an abundant life and not in a striving life, not in a survival mindset, but in a thriving mindset, not in an old way of thinking, but in a kingdom way of thinking. We got to get rid of that old thinking. We got to get rid of that survival thinking and we have to embrace the abundant life. And last but not least, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is not the golden rule. This is actually the Bible. <laughs> Jesus said this. This is not just some nice cultural idea, but what we sow is what we'll get back. And the abundant life, if you listen to last week's message, you'll know that I spent time on this idea of sowing, that it's time to sow, it's time to sow, it's time to sow. Why do I believe that? It's well because a poverty mentality says to protect what we have. And I tell you what, if you're protecting what you currently have and you're not sowing some of that, you will find yourself in poverty. You will sow yourself into poverty, if you will, by not actually putting your seed into the ground. And so there's a need for us to make that shift into a, an abundant mindset in these times like never before. It's time to rise above. I don't care what your bank account looks like. It's time to rise above. I don't care if people support you or not. It's time to rise above. The kingdom of God is needed to be demonstrated in the earth right now. This is our amazing opportunity to shine with the kingdom of God. Come on, we need to let us shine. We need to let our light shine. We need to let our love shine. We need to let our abundance shine. Come on, we need to be lending, not borrowing right now. We need to be releasing goodness out. I don't care if you're lending a pound of sugar. I don't care if you're lending out some, uh, you know, uh, some coffee, you know, whatever's going on. It's a time to be generous. It's a time to be pushing things out and sowing seed into the ground so that we can reap in a later season. You know, it's so funny because I've met many millionaires and people who run, you know, just very successful businesses. And, and, uh, and every time they've gone through economic hardship, the people who rebound and rebuild are always the people who dedicate themselves to generosity, even in their, in their greatest moment of pain, even in their greatest moment of loss. 
You know, I, I've just seen that people who have great financial wealth have oftentimes in the kingdom of God, they've realized that that wealth wasn't theirs. It's God's anyways. And that when you give it away, when you are releasing that out to other people, that there's something beautiful that begins to sprout up in the kingdom of God and our own lives and in the lives of everyone around us. And so, you know, Melissa and I, whenever we go into difficult seasons of finances, we, I mean, we just double down. You know, we, we, you know, we generally are always giving, you know, uh, in any given month, 10 to 20% of our income out and uh, to the church and to different places. And, you know, last year, you know, Melissa and I, we were the second largest givers to Gen 1 alone. And uh, we're generous people. We're all in on being generous. And when we go through hard times, we, we give even more away. We just start calling out people. We just start going after things. Who, who are you? What do you want? What do you need? Here, just take this. Here's some groceries. Here's 50 bucks. Here's 200 bucks. Here's a grand. I mean, it's time right now to actually grab hold of the kingdom of God. I'm not sharing these things with you guys to toot our own horns. I'm one to tell you that I'm sold out for the kingdom of God. And I tell you what, I have found that when I give, that the abundant life comes to me, that when I release things from me, that I see abundance spiritually, physically, emotionally, socially, culturally, I begin to see all of my economies begin to multiply, which then allows me to increase my giving all the more. Once again, we want to do well by doing good. These nine keys are about doing well by doing good. The enemy wants you to think in this time, it's time to hold back. The enemy wants you to, to understand who your enemies are and, 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 and isolate yourself from those people. The enemy wants you to only be friends with the people who think just like you. Come on, the enemy wants you to, to protect your, 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 uh, your tunic after your cloak was stolen. The, the enemy wants you to say, hey, you stole my goods and now I'm going to do it back to you and I'm going to be vindictive. Come on, the enemy wants you to live according to the kingdom of darkness. But I tell you what. It's time to live according to the kingdom of light. Melissa and I, we're all in on the kingdom of God. We're all in on loving our enemies. We're all in on doing good to those who hate us, blessing those who curse us, praying for those who abuse us. Bring that slide back up. Come on. We're all in on this to, to, uh, to turn the other cheek. We are all in on giving where we, where, when someone is taken from us. We're all in on giving to those who beg. We're all in on doing unto others as those have done unto us, as we want them to do unto us. These are nine keys to doing well by doing good. You know, many people want to, in scarcity, they want to protect themselves because they believe they're preparing for tomorrow by living in scarcity today. And I tell you what, that is not the kingdom of God. That is not the keys to living an abundant life. It's time to sow. It's time to go after this thing. It's time to be all in. Gen 1 community, this is your moment. This is your moment to choose. Will I go the way of the, of the thieving life or will I go the way of the abundant life? The keys to the abundant life are loving your enemy. The keys of the abundant life is doing good to those who hate you. The keys of the abundant life are blessing those who curse you, praying for those who abuse you. Come on, this is the key to the abundant life. We have a choice to make. Will we hold back? Will we regress in this time? Or will we step forward and manifest the kingdom of God in our neighborhood, on our Zoom calls, with our family, 
in our marriage with someone random walking on the street. This is time to manifest the kingdom of God. We were called to be light and we're called to be love. And let's let the Father work everything else out. This is our shining moment. Come on, Gen 1. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of our local community. You guys are amazing. We're impacting people like never before. We're seeing so many people be touched in our healing rooms. We're seeing generosity be sown out through our community. We're seeing encouragement go out all over the world through these services. We're loving our neighbor. This is the abundant life. You can't outgive God. It's so amazing. Devote yourself to the kingdom. Devote yourself for the abundant life. And let's see what God is able to do, not just for us, but what he's able to continue to do through us. What's true today is that my commitment to the abundant life and, and doing good has, has, has not shrunk. But my impact is increasing. Because as I've done good, I've also done well. And as I've done well, it's increased my ability for impact in doing good. Right now, more people are being touched through my life than any other time in my life before. And yet my commitment has been the same. Why? Because as I've done good, the abundant life, these five economies, of my spiritual economy, emotional economy, my social economy, my cultural economy, my physical economy, all of these things have gone beyond measure. They've begun to increase like never before as I've devoted myself step by step to the abundant life. I tell you what, the abundant life doesn't always make sense, but it doesn't have to make sense. It's not supposed to make sense here. It's supposed to make sense here. And then our mind gets renewed by the word of God so that we can begin to live and demonstrate this in our life. It may not make sense to love your enemy, but the kingdom of God says this is the path towards the abundant life. It may not make sense to do good to those who are against you. But I tell you what, in the abundant life, this is the formula for how we grow so that our impact can reach the whole entire world. Come on, right now, right where you're at. You know, we sang in worship about the goodness of God. Do you believe it? Do you really believe that he's the good father? Do you really believe that he has you? Do you really believe that he has, he has you in the palm of his hand? Do you believe that the abundant life is available for you as you exercise these radical principles? Where at in your life are you able to increase and make choices that you can walk in this place like never before? Come on. There's something available even right now. I just sense the presence of God so strong, even on this broadcast right now in this moment. The Lord is speaking to you. Come on, just begin to ask the Lord right where you're at. Just say, Lord, what enemy do I have in my life that I need to start to love? Lord, what person has said evil things against me that I need to begin to forgive? God, Lord, who's the person that took from me and never repaid me and I've held awe in my heart against them that I need to release right now? Come on, the Lord is wanting us to grow in this abundant life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but we've come to give life and life more abundantly. This is the way of Jesus. Come on, just think about how many times we've been the enemy to Jesus. <laughs> how many times have we cursed Jesus? How many times have we stolen from the Lord? How many times have we taken advantage of him? Just as Jesus gave his life so freely, we also 
are in the process of manifesting that radical generosity so we can live in the abundant life that Jesus walked in himself. Come on. You know in your heart. I, I just know there's there are things, there are situations, there are choices that are rising in your heart right now where you know you need to turn from the perspective of the thief and turn to the perspective of the abundant life. Come on. God, Jesus came to that we could have life and life more abundantly. Come on, you, if, if you're not feeling like you're living in the abundant life, you might need to love your enemy. <laughs> you might need to exercise these nine things in your life so that you can see abundance begin to bubble up like you've never seen before. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you right now for who you are and what you're doing in the lives of those who are watching right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for courage, Lord, to adopt these nine key values on doing well by doing good. Lord, we choose to let go and to come in disagreement of the lie of the enemy that I have to take advantage of people to grow, that I have to protect in order to preserve my future. Father, we come before you right now and we just open up, Lord, the gate of our heart. Lord, we choose to be soft. We let go of hard-heartedness. We let go of, Lord, living according to fear, living according to survival. And we choose today, God, to live in the abundant life. Lord, that we would have the courage to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us. Lord, that we would give to those who've stolen from us, that we would give to those who beg. And then, Lord, we would do unto others as you would have, as we would have them do unto us. And so, Father, I thank you right now for the courage right now to say yes to the way of the abundant life. Lord, we adopt these things. Lord, let our mind just be renewed right now. Come on, just put your hand on your own head. Come on, as an act, as a connection point. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the renewing of our mind through the washing of your word. And Lord, we ask your spirit to come right now. Lord, we let go of that old thinking. We let go of those survival mindsets. We let go of that orphan behavior. And we say yes to the abundant life. Come on. Jesus is here. He's able. Come on. If you're if you're being touched right now, God's speaking to you. Why don't you just drop in the comments right now, which one of these is standing out to you? Just drop in the number. Maybe it's number one. Throw the slide back up real quick. Maybe it's number one. Maybe it's number three. Maybe it's number six. Just drop in the comments here which one of these is really sticking out to you. Which one is God speaking to you? And, uh, and we want to begin to partner with you, pray and bless this over you, that you're going to see breakthrough in this area of your life. You guys, we've got a team waiting to pray for you right now. We have a Zoom room. It's private and personal. If you want to receive prayer right now, if you need physical breakthrough in your body, if you need, you know, just waves of refreshing, you can go and uh, jump in. Just let us know you want to receive ministry. Uh, there's a link um, in the comments that'll help you get to that Zoom room. And uh, come on, some of those numbers are starting to come in right now. Of course, there's breakthrough available here. And, uh, you know, we're just believing God for you right now. Whatever your number is, that you're going to see a breakthrough in the abundant life as you choose to do well by doing good. Come on, you guys. We'll bless you in the name of the Lord. So excited to spend time with you today. Honored to be with you from Melissa and I. We really bless you and we declare right now that something good 
is about to happen. God bless you guys. Share this out and let's see people move out of survival and into thriving by living the abundant life. We'll talk to you soon.